AFC East Future Bomb edition of the Bottom Line Bombs on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by our Patreon. Score exclusive perks, content, and contests, including our NFL win total contest and win a thousand dollar prize. Join today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com backslash Patreon. We are also brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app to get last minute tickets at the lowest price guaranteed. Use promo code SGPN for $20 off promo code CFBX for college experience. I wasn't supposed to read that, but I did anyway, but here comes the theme song. Sullivan uh, starting to stopwatch now uh, on a uh, Monday, August 14th, 2023. Uh, we got a great show for you today. I am the man in the box as well. I do that in the beginning. Get everyone really excited for the show. That's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to, you're supposed to catch them up top. So I was reading about podcasts. You got to catch them up top. Something early and engaging, just like videos, TikTok videos. You got to get them that first five seconds. You got to be like, sit right there. Where do you hear this? Sit down. Uh, story time, y'all. What? Shut up. Things always annoy me when I do that. But uh, anyway. Oh, I should get the banner going as well. It's for people watching live on YouTube. And there are some. I see you. I see you coming in. Coming into the YouTube. Welcome. If you are coming into the YouTube, we've reached 100 subscribers. I'm actually kind of proud of that. Started from scratch only 17 years ago. No, uh, about a year ago. But like, you know, from scratch to 100. I don't know what I'm doing on there, but it's something. It's a number. It's a round number of subscribers. And I'm sure there's more that listen to that. Anyway, uh, and, and we're still heading bumps. Obviously, the man in the box, as I produce the show myself, they lock me in his box. I do it. Uh, if you listened to last week's show, I apologize. It was a fine episode, fine content. I, of course, was amazing with my talents and, <laughs> and diatribes and takes, but the soundboard wasn't working. That bomb sound effect you heard right there. The theme song, the man in the box, the NBA theme song, all of it wasn't working. I mean, it was working. It was working on my headphones, but it wasn't plugged. It wasn't taking for some reason. So the episode that I put out there was just my voice raw dogging without any sound effects, without any anything. And then you realize how much you do need it when you listen to it. I did listen to it. I was like, oh, God, this ain't good. And uh, it showed in the numbers. You guys did not like it either. Anyway, uh, so I appreciate you sticking through that. If you did, now we did a triple test, and this is working. So you get to hear all the amazing sound bites like whatever duck one, duck one is. I'm not touching Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. I got to get my soundboard ready. Get my sound. Get my 
hilarious bits in there. Just instead of parlaying off their bits. Anyway, we have a great show for us today. For us. For me and you. This is us. This is us together, C-Generates. That's another thing I learned. You got to have a name for the fans, you know? And you're my C-Generates. Since it's a gambling show. We're going to talk some gambling today. The Phil Mickelson story. The Iowa stories keep getting better. Uh, we're going to have some World Cup lady bombs. We're down to four lady tournament semifinals. And then the AFC East. NFL. It's NFL season back. NFL season back. I like to skip words. Um, so we're going to break down the AFC East. We did the AFC South last week on Wednesday. Now we're going to do the AFC East. Um, it feels good. It feels good that football's back. Last week, this weekend, NFL preseason, week one, finally got th- got through all that. It's back. It was just it was just good. Good beats, bad beats, overs. We we chopped the uh, totals we gave out, I believe, the thirty seven rule, which was on fire early on. Then a bunch of overs just hit. Um, but it felt good. The judgment. People are already judging the preseason. All the rookie quarterbacks. They looked bad, so they're going to be bad. I love the quick judgment. Well, Bryce Young, a bust. Justin Fields threw the ball for minus three yards somehow, but he wound up with 200 yards or something. I don't know what's going on with the Bears. People either think the Bears are going to win a Super Bowl or win two games. It's nothing in between. Um, I like Justin Fields. Yeah, he hasn't proven much as a passer, but he's just he's just a good kid. He just looks like a good kid out there. He's a hell of an athlete, and he's got a fun smile. I'm rooting for Justin Fields and the Bears. But, yeah, I don't, I'm not quite buying it. I'm not quite buying in just because he got DJ Moore that he's going to light up the – anyway. Um, the 49ers continue to be fun. Trey Lance had a – Trey Lance had a game. <laughs> He's of course doing judge. Trey Lance is so bizarre with the 49ers because there's I don't want to go ahead and throw the kid up, say he's a bust, but he's a bust. Um But there's so many 49er truthers that like Lance truthers out there, the fans that think he's great. So you so you really have to split online if he's good or bad. He had a touch he had a touchdown pass. It should have been that was a clear interception. It popped right out of the Raiders guys' hands and into the Niners fans. So it was a touchdown. So people ripped on him, and people also loved him because his numbers were good. It was 10 for 15 for 150 yards, but the numbers didn't uh, tell the story, if you will. Anyway, I only bring it up because, one, don't judge any of these preseason games for how they're doing and how they're advancing. You can't. But the Trey Lance situation with the, Ni- the Niners, they continue. This is why I hate the, these Niners. They continue to talk about this fucking NFC Championship game where Brock Purdy got hurt. And how they've got robbed of going and winning a Super Bowl. Now a story came out that they were going to have Phillip Rivers be their quarterback. That was their contingency plan. So if the if if the Niners would have beaten the Eagles, and in their mind, that easily would have happened if Purdy just could have held on to his injury to the fourth quarter. Then Rivers would have played in the Super Bowl, which would have been awesome. But... Shannon said Rivers was prepared to regarding the plan. That's stuff we talked about throughout the whole year. We'll bring him to Philly. That's what I understand. But they, they, they only had two quarterbacks. You had a choice to have three quarterbacks on there. But who the fuck do these Niners think they are? They think they're like the, the 94 Expos 
of this team that got robbed because of the strike, you know, that was going to win 150 games or something. Like, what do you think was going to happen? They got crushed in that game. I get it. They didn't have a chance with a quarterback on her, but like, oh, the fact they just assumed they were going to win that game. They annoy me. They annoy me. And that's why this Philip Rivers story annoys me too. You weren't going to win that game no matter what. I would have loved Philip Rivers in there though. And his 14 kids. That's how much he hates being home with 14 kids. Sure. I'll play a Super Bowl. Where where's the Super Bowl this year? I'll show up. I want to drive the van with the kids. Pull up. Anyway. Um so it was just good to see preseason games again. Uh although I'll tell you what. I, I don't judge the rookie quarterbacks or any of that stuff, but I do judge I, I, I was looking at uh, Russell Wilson and the Broncos for the whole Sean Payton things. That's the whole we don't know what's going on with that situation. He didn't look great either. He looked like old Russell Wilson. They finally scored a touchdown in the second quarter, late in the second quarter. He's all celebrating, going nuts. I mean, I guess enjoy what you can get, but Jesus. And I like Jerry Judy as offensive player of the year, but not as much anymore. I don't know. You see Arizona made a meme. It's a pretty funny meme. It was the crazy plane lady saying, you know, that motherfucker back there is not real. And they, had, they put Arizona Cardinals on her shirt. Then they go back and then they go back to it. And then it's Russell Wilson doing stretches in the plane aisle. <laughs> Cause he did that before and it was all corny. We made fun of it. And, uh, but of course they had to take it down. Why? Cause it was too funny and too good. Take it down. Where are the NFL? You're the NFL. You can't do anything fun. Like Jesus Christ, if you can't make a meme on Twitter or X, where what can you do? Sorry. Sorry for making fun of the $250 million quarterback. I mean, granted, you are losing a pre it's a preseason game. Maybe that's why you take it down, but still. Uh, you could tell they just had the social media team just had that in the holster way to go open. Because the game did mean nothing. Crazy plane lady, by the way. Had to apologize on TMZ. She said she had a fun line. She had a whole story about like, oh, well, I'm the crazy plane lady. Turns out she makes like $4 million a year, by the way, in Texas. Of course, of course, these fucking crazy people, they all do fine. They all do better than me. Because I had a bad moment. And I get you're making fun of it, but it just happened to get caught on camera. Happened to get caught on camera. What? Have you been outside since 2015? Everything is caught on camera. There's not one moment in life that's not caught on camera the second you leave your place. There's no such thing as privacy. Yet. Yeah. How how did how, how did you get caught on camera screaming drunk on an airplane? Wow, what a what a candid moment. It was live surveillance of that happening on the news. That's all that's all that happens on planes is gets caught caught on camera. Anyway. <laughs> Good for her. Keep bouncing back with her four million dollars. Good and good for her. Good for that plane for not crashing like she predicted in the terminal. That footage just came up. I want to know what happened to that plane because they're not going to survive. Okay. All right. Final destination. Let's relax on that one. Anyway, on today's show, like I said, we're going to talk about some of the gambling with Phil Mickelson and Iowa stories. I'm going to break down the AFC East, give some Lady World Cup, and of course, a man in the box segment at the end. Regarding Gianni football and a new country protest anthem of the farmer North Richmond guy fucking thing I can't get away from. But 
before we get to that, let me tell you about Game Time. GameTime.co, by the way. Um, <laughs> Game Time is fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. It's got killer deals and last-minute tickets and best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and get, and get hyped for you full half. Um, there's a time, you know, you know, you get stressed out for your tickets. These are game time tickets the day of, and they get you cheap for tickets. So you browse through the game time app, talk about upcoming events in our area. Well, these are notes I should be, I should be doing. Um, <laughs> you snag the tickets with the stress, without the stress on gametime.co. You download the game time app, create an account, use the code SGPN. You get $20 off your first purchase. That's pretty good. Especially the way tickets are nowadays. Um, ticket prices are fucking insane now. How about concert tickets? Imagine trying to go to a Bruce Springsteen or a Taylor Swift concert without game time. That's correct. It's gametime.co, Brian Petrovka. I'll put your comment out there. Not .com. I made it be specific about that. It's not .com. It's .co. That's, that's, that's when you know it's a business you want to get in... Uh, you want to get involved in. <laughs> um, but yeah. So day of game time tickets. I know I wanted, I was stressed out. A lady wanted to go to Taylor Swift and they, they only cost 12,000 a piece. All these people who didn't care about Taylor Swift. It was for kids. Now they all want to go because that's where everyone's going to. Anyway. Good. But game time will help you. Help you out. Maybe some, you know, girl gets a peanut allergy. You get to scoop her tickets up for cheating. And then you throw the $20 code off SGPN. You're in, you're in game. You're all set. <laughs> um, so anyway, go to GameTime.co, download the app, create the account, SGPN code, $20 off your first purchase, and you don't have to worry about stress with tickets once again. All right. We are back with the bombs. Tony Gutierrez says that woman going psycho about the plane is in the window is a window into Pete Carroll's future. <laughs> what I love about that whole, I'll, I'll talk about that plane story just real quick. <laughs> because she, you can't get rid of her. She was just a drunk, crazy fucking lady. And then people were taking her serious. <gasps> what if there was someone on that plane? See, there was someone on that plane with the alien eyes that wasn't real. And then everyone, now everyone's got the intelligence of a peasant in medieval times. Where we buy into this shit. No, she's just a drunk, crazy lady. The guy's eyes weren't horizontal and he wasn't a fucking alien. It's going to go down. All right. Maybe you should get off this plane. Anyway, let's get into, uh, <laughs> I got I got to have a salon. I can't talk too much about that because there's some fun gambling stories before we get into the AFC East and women's world cup. And one is Phil Mickelson, the golf story. First of all, I'm mad. I didn't, I, we bricked, we bricked the FedEx tournament. Lucas Glover won again back to back. We had Lucas Glover the week before at 75 to 1. Then he won again at 90 to 1. And how do I not how do I not run it back? Like blackjack, you push just for the hell of it. Out of respect, I should have gave him out, you know, sprinkle a little bit. But good for Glover. Glover won by the way, Lucas Glover, he's a good golfer. He's always been a good golfer. 
but he could never putt. Now he switches putter recently to this like broomstick putter. And now he can't miss golf's hilarious where he's equipped. They, they just make this equipment for you. That's all highly illegal. Like danger field and Caddyshack, these are weapons. And then eventually they're like, okay, you can't use that. And then they just come up with something else. They had a one putter that was like, it was like attached to your arm. Like you couldn't, it couldn't break even if you wanted to. Hilarious. Anyway, let's talk about this Phil Mickelson story. This is so great. So Billy Walters, famed sports better. It's coming out of a book and in it, which leaked, it was a couple chapters, a couple chapters just on Phil Mickelson because they were gambling partners. Billy Walters, king of the syndicate, you know, where he, he, they, no act, nobody will take his action. He was on 60 minutes. He's known. He went to jail for insider trading, which I kind of think is funny. Like he was fine as a gambler. But the second he tried to go legit and go into stocks, he's, he just couldn't handle not having an inside edge. <laughs> so he fucking said he gets caught immediately for that. Anyway, during that trial, Mickelson could have got him out of jail, apparently, and he didn't because he didn't want to test because his lawyer's like, eh, don't make yourself look bad. So it would have been easy because he didn't want to admit to his gambling with the, the numbers that he did because it was crazy. And so Walters went to jail. So then he created an enemy, which is bad. That's all this is. Is Walter Walters never would have printed this shit if he, if if Mickelson wasn't a jerk. Mickelson's a degenerate jerk. Does he have a gambling problem? I don't know. He's extremely rich. It's, just, it's like when you say Michael Jordan's got a gambling problem. Does he? I don't know. He's a billionaire. He can afford to lose this money. Like the numbers sound crazy to me and you, but to him, who cares? Although some of these numbers are insane. He would, they said he bet more than a billion dollars in sports, which, eh, all right. Yeah, if you want to talk about total bets in play, that's like the rollover on your account. You're like, what? I got to get 20000 to play? Like, yeah, you'll get there. Don't worry about it. Rollover, you know? It's just total bets in play. He only lost, what, $100 million? It's nothing. It's nothing for Phil. But, like, that's why he went to Saudi Arabia for $200 million. Well, he went to Saudi Arabia for $200 because $200 million is $200 million. Not like he owed people this, but yeah, no, he's got a, yeah, he's got a little, he's got a little sickness to him, but he can afford it. Do you have a gambling problem? If you're listening to the show? Yes, you do. But like I say, not all problems need solved. They don't need fixed. Nothing wrong with it. Just lean into it. <laughs> Kudio says, Conspiracy building seven shit mixed with his inevitable dementia, and he's right right there with her. I got I got you, Gutierrez. I understand. Pete Carroll should hire her as an assist as an assistant at least. She's in good shape, that's for sure. Nothing like smoking hot crazy ladies. Anyway, um, what I thought was crazy number for Mickelson, he would bet a hundred thousand to two hundred thousand on per game. That was his normal play. That's a lot. And he did that over 100. What this is, I'm going to read this right. Walters writes that Mickelson would regularly wager 100,000 or 200,000 on football, baseball, and baseball. He alleges Mickelson's total gambling losses were close to 100 million. He also details specific gambling records of Mickelson's from between 2010 and 2014. He made 3,100 bets in 2011 alone. Averaging almost nine wagers a day. Okay. I make I can make listen, I can make nine wages before before nine AM like a Marine. Then some people do all day. This is crazy. He placed hundred ten thousand dollar bets to win a hundred thousand dollars, a staggering one thousand and one hundred and fifteen times. That is a lot. 
But, you know, if you can keep your head above water and you can only lose $100 million, eh. Sorry, Amy. The kids are uh, the kids aren't going to Cabo. That's all. No big deal. The most disturbing thing, as they say, is that he wanted to bet on the Ryder Cup. He wanted to bet $400,000 on the Ryder Cup, which he was playing in in 2012. And they lost, by the way, because of Phil Mickelson. Um, <laughs> but he was so confident they were going to win, he calls them up. He calls Billy Walters up because let's make the bet. Let's make this bet. And Billy Walters says, which I don't buy this part. Billy Walters took the high road. Professional, legendary gambler. Have you lost your fucking mind, I told him? Don't you remember what happened to Pete Rose? You're seen as a modern-day Arnold Palmer, I added. You'd risk all that for what? I want no part of it. All right, all right, he replied. What? <laughs> I love Billy Walters took the high road there. I want no part of this. The integrity of the game of golf. You're a modern-day Arnold Palmer. Don't you remember, Phil? Kids look up to you. Fuck off. You did not say that. You're probably like, yeah, I, people know us, so we can't make that bet. And then Mickelson doesn't know if he bet. Mickelson said he never bet, which I believe, because if he didn't bet it with him, he's not going to bet with someone else. They wound up losing 14 and a half, 13 and a half because, of, because he choked to Justin Rose. <laughs> um, but do I believe he did it? Yes. I always believe when they say, because they, they love, gamblers love saying, but I would never bet on the team that, on the sport that I play. I have too much respect for the game. Yeah, you might, but you're also a degenerate gambler. You have an addiction. Why wouldn't you bet on the sport that you know the most and can control? I would. I watched the Tim Donahue. <laughs> the Tim Donahue untold thing on Netflix. Also the Johnny Benzel. I'll talk about that later, but after the Johnny Benzel, I'm like, I'm going to watch this Tim Donahue one again. It's so good. What I loved about that, that's the NBA ref who uh, fixed the games. He owed the mob. I love when the mob would be like, uh, he'd be like, okay. And Donahue would give him his tips. Like, well, this ref hates Iverson, so bet against him. And the mob's like, yeah, we don't care about your tips. Just tell us which games you're going to fix, okay? Your tips is what got you here. That's why you owe money. Kudos says, yeah. <laughs> Rory's comments were classic. They were great. Golfers, I mean, golfers are loving that uh, Phil's in trouble because this thing has affected golf in, in general. I mean, he did he go to the LIV because he because of his money? Yeah, probably. And now it's fucking, you know, he started this LIV. I mean, he, he was spearheaded. He was the main guy. He got $200 million and that's what crushed golf and what it is right now. I mean, granted it's giving more money, but yeah. Rory says, well, you can bet on the Ryder cup this year because he ain't playing in it. <laughs> Rory's a son of a bitch. Um, Spieth was about to say something and he stopped himself mid because he realizes eh, I could get fucked. You can get fucked for this. Poor Phil. Love him. Hate him. Uh, uh, Phil. Uh, Here's a video I saw of him recently on my TikTok algorithm giving a chipping tip. He goes, love me or hate me. He starts with the other, love me or hate me. You know I can chip. You're right, Phil. But I always love that comment. Love me or hate me. Well, usually when you have to say that, people people hate you. But I like Phil. I mean, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a piece of shit. 
but <laughs> he's trying and, and he's trying to play this off like, yeah, you know, my uh, just a gambling problem. You guys have a little empathy for me. I've been addressing for a number of years, going to therapy. It's a little embarrassing. My family and I have been finding, but my family and I have been financially secure for some time. That was his quote. Which he's right. Don't worry about. Don't worry about the Mickelsons and money wise. We're not worried about your family. We know you're not going to starve, Phil. But you started a goddamn Saudi Arabian golf league because of this. And now we all have to deal with people in shorts and just bullshit teams. And we got to deal with the, the, the range dogs and Brooks Kepka's brother. We got to watch Brooks Kepka's brother play because, <laughs> because you want to get down on the Super Bowl? Come on, Phil. That, that needed a sound. That needed a sound. You like that? You like that? Hey, you guys got to give me a little time to plug the product. <laughs> the new sound bites. This is great. Troy A. But then he pulls out and and it's just hard. <laughs> a lot of sexual innuendos. But like I said, if, did he gamble in the Ryder Cup? Maybe not. Did he want to? Yes. A thousand percent he did. And I get it. Now you're saying with the Iowa football team, that, that gambling story too is also fun. That keeps getting better and better. Iowa players and Iowa state players and his gambling. First of all, it's just more and more players come out and the stories are funnier. The game, these games are for 20 bucks. Four more Iowa state players and three from Iowa. Two have transferred. One remains on the team. They were charged with sports wagering investigation. The starting running back, Gerald Brock was charged. Reggie Bracey, now Troy made 66 wagers. JC from KC, welcome. See Generate Unite. This is pretty funny. An Iowa State defensive lineman, Isaiah Lee, made a money line wager on Texas against Iowa State in a 2021 game, according to the county affidavit. And then Iowa State won that game 30 to 7, so he lost. Yeah, it's called an emotional hedge. You can't emotional hedge anymore? That's illegal. What is this country coming to? Come on. Like sands through the hourglass, so are the days of our league. I like these sound bites that have nothing to do with what I'm saying. Hashtag Dejans only. But, and then there's another player, a player running. I mean, they're all going to bet on their games. $20, $30, because they don't, like I said before, Iowa, it's like... It's like uh, footloose out there. You give them one vice and they're going to go nuts with it. They're going to go run wild. All the players are gambling. We can gamble. Ah! And they're putting $5 parlays in. They're taking their NIL per diem money. And putting on teasers against themselves and then winning. And just to emotionally hedge. Good for Iowa. The NCAA deserves all of this. They deserve all this chaos that's happening with the gambling because if they're going to be offered the money and you're going to hold within money these players, withhold money from these players, and finally give them NIL deals, which aren't enough for some of these kids, yeah. And you're going to take these gambling sites' money, yeah. This is what you deserve. I hope it's pure chaos. I hope this whole thing gets rigged. I hope every single game, <laughs> every team. I hope they're all. I hope both teams are betting against themselves. And so they're throwing it. 
<laughs> That's fun. One one team throwing a game is something. Have we ever had both teams trying to throw the game? I can't wait to Iowa State and Iowa play each other in the shit bowl that they always lead off the season with. Those those teams, when they play each other, hammer the under. Because it's going to be nonstop turnovers and both teams tanking. That's going to be awesome. This has to be happening in other states, by the way. Why is it, why is it only Iowa coming out with this? They're the only ones investigating themselves? I might believe that, too, actually. Because that state's nothing but high school principals and teachers. They take that shit seriously. Shout out to Tom Madsen, principal of Mount Vernon in Iowa for 30 years. He, uh, <laughs> I don't know. He, uh, he runs a tight ship. And that's what they do. They run everything by the book, by the rules. So they report all these rules, even if it's a $15 bet. They got they got nothing but hall monitors to watch all this shit. <laughs> I know, Todd Morris is right. Iowa, USC. Well, that was another one Barstool reported that a D-back, defensive back, bet the under. In the bowl game, and then he had a pick six to hit the over. <laughs> he didn't even know. He had to have known. But what you can't do, you can't pull a Ronnie Harmon and throw the ball backwards once you get to the end zone. Anyway, that's going to do it. Uh, <laughs> I'm excited. Now I'm really excited for the Iowa-Iowa State game. Both teams are throwing it. That'd be fun. Um, all right, let me get to... We got... I gotta, I'm already wasting time with the show. I can never... I can never, ever. I mean, I, I got a plan. I, do, I have a plan with the show. And I, ooh, we got a lot of listeners coming in. I love it. And, and thank you, everybody. So we're going to take a quick ad read break. And when we come back, I'll do the AFC East preview, Women's World Cup bombs, and a man in the box. But first, let me tell you about the Sports Gaming Podcast Patreon. You sign up for the Patreon, get access to exclusive contests, including the NFL Win Totals Contest with a $1,000 first place prize. Besides season-long contests, they have weekly con- content for just for the Patreons, a monthly SGP Stories podcast, completely ad-free and full behind-the-scenes stories from SGPN. I heard there's a Lenny Dykstra story in there that Sean's got. I got a Lenny Dykstra story as well. Everyone's got If you grew up anywhere near where Lenny Dykstra played professionally, you have a Lenny Dykstra story. He liked to mingle. Anyway, uh, there's even a Discord channel just for the Patreons. You can only you can prevent corporate gambling. Do your part and sign up today. Sportsgamingpodcast.com backslash Patreon at sportsgamingpodcast.com backslash Patreon. And we are back here at the Bottom line, bombs. I am CJ Sullivan. Welcome, everybody. Uh, thank you for watching on YouTube. We got uh, we got a lot of people on there. A lot of comments are flowing up. I love it. Like I said, we reached 100 subscribers. Got started that from scratch. Feels kind of good. Um, but make sure you hit the subscribe button and like it on YouTube. Get that algorithms going. I don't care if you ignore it afterwards. Just make sure you, you, you crank it up. Judias says, yeah, it's like that South Park episode where they try to lose the baseball games because they don't want to have to spend their summer playing baseball. The other teams are better at losing on purpose. <laughs> that was a great episode. Not wanting to 
<laughs> play baseball. Here's the thing with throwing games in the in the mob real and I'll, real quick, and I'll get to the AFC South. I mean AFC East in the bombs that I have for it. The problem when you when like when the mob fixes games and you tell these play, these athletes like you know to really fix it, it's not, it's different if you bet on yourself. But like with the mob, like for fifty thousand dollars, whatever thing, like what the Ronnie Harmon is, is these athletes, you know, they've been amazing at everything or a sport at least their entire lives, and they don't know how to be bad. You can't just let them play bad. You can't be like, okay, Ronnie Harm, the Iowa and the Rose Bowl famously he had like four fumbles in the first half. And it was rumored that he got paid $50,000 to blow it. They were undefeated. They lost the game. National team. And if you watch the highlights, it's hilarious. He's like, he's right. He's like running. Harmon's like running towards the end zone, break free for a touchdown. And then he kind of remembers, oh shit, I'm not supposed to do this. So on the, on the five yard line, he just like throws the ball backwards, like in running motion. Whoops. Oh, there it goes. Like they just, they just don't know how to fuck up. So you have to teach them how to subtly not look good. Subtly doesn't sound like a word. Sully, subtly, Sully, but subtlety Sullenberger. That's me. I'm subtlety Sullenberger. That's my, <laughs> that's my good nickname. All the nicknames I got here, the man in a box of C generate. I didn't, I didn't like Sully Sullenberger, Tom Hanks playing that f- hero pilot. I thought, cause I, I, I am my last name Sullivan. I come from a long line of Sully's. All right. And uh, Sully Sullenberger, the captain, he sullied up the name, if you will, and made us look bad by being a hero. Sullies don't save flights. They don't rescue flights. Sullies ruin flights. Okay? Anyway, that's my take on that. Now let's get to the AFC East. Oh boy, that bit will not get old with me. So I don't know how you got feel, Generates, but playing that theme song for whatever sport I'm talking about, that bit just I, I enjoy it. Like Women's World Cup, let's do it. R.I.P. to Pee Wee Herman, let's do it. Let's do it. I think Blake Bortles is better than Dak Prescott. Let's do that as a catchphrase. Um, I kind of agree with that statement, actually, Colby. Anyway, uh, AFC East, let's break it down. Uh, Buffalo, Miami, Patriots, and the Jets. Your price is to win the division. Bills are your favorite at plus 120. They're minus 250 to make the playoffs. That's pretty... That's pretty good value there. Uh, the Jets are in second at plus two forty-five. Miami three to one at third, and then Patriots last at eight to one. Let's break it down team by team. First of all, so normally it's AFC East is um, the Bills and everybody else, but now the talent's getting closer. The, the, the gap is getting shorter. Specifically, the Jets are the team this year with the Hard Knocks Jets. The Hard Knocks Jets. They are the hype team, the hype train team. Their over under is nine and a half wins with the over juiced to minus one sixty. Jesus, I did not like that at all. We broke down the hard knocks first episode. They're all in love with Aaron Rodgers, of course. They finally have a quarterback. I will say this: I go both ways with the Jets. One, we're like there's too much hype with them. 
they're a bad team, and all of a sudden you have Aaron Rodgers, you think you're going to win the Super Bowl. No, you're not. But they were a good team last year, just missing a quarterback. I mean, their defense is good. They're, they're returning a great defense. And they have some talent. Their old line's not good, though. So I'm not buying fully into these Jets. It is hilarious how hard knocks are like, oh, Aaron, the first 20 minutes, oh, Aaron Rodgers, look at this. Unbelievable. Can you believe we got this guy? This is so much better than last year. He is the greatest. Coaches, players, they all keep talking about how much better it was, and last year was a nightmare. But meanwhile, last year, that means Zach Wilson, he's still there. <laughs> That's what I love. Oh, Zach, don't you agree this is better than last year? I mean, not not I mean, I know that was you and all. Notwithstanding, you are terrible. You you know that though, right? Anyway, have you talked to Rogers yet? Has he let you talk to him? Has he taught you anything? And when are you gonna leave? Because we need you to leave. You're kind of you're it's kind of uncomfortable with you hanging out like this. And then you had Robert Sally. God, I want to meet head coaches. I, I'm not a believer in Sally. The whole, we're keeping receipts. We're keeping the receipts. Yeah, well, your receipts are as long as a CVS for the people that said you suck because you guys have been terrible forever. They haven't made a playoffs, what, in 12 years? Who knows? So I will give out. Uh, well, then let's move. Let's move. Let's just, before I give out the bombs, let me generalize it. Then you have uh, Buffalo. Buffalo people are just assuming he's just going to fall back. Their total is 10 and a half. The over is juiced to minus 145. Remember, 17-game season. So 10-win team is like an 11-win team nowadays. Plus 120. That's a pretty sh- short price. If I'm, I mean, whatever. We'll get to those bombs. I like the Bills in this division. Miami? They're another one. It all depends if you believe in Tua or not. Now, Tua, he died a few times last year. Buffalo had a player who died, literally, DeMar Hamlin, and came back to life. And then the Dolphins had Tua, who would die every week on the field, and they would just toss him out there. If you see the thumbnail, his uh, he's cripping there with a seizure, you know, with a brain injury, nonstop brain injuries. But he's got a plan this year. Don't worry, guys. Tua was thinking about retiring. That's how many concussions he had. I mean, which I think he probably should. But now he is uh, taking jujitsu to learn how to fall. That was his plan this year. He took Brazilian jujitsu to learn because he's going to listen, I'm going to get beat up. I'm small. I love getting hit. I get hit directly in the head. That's not going to change. But maybe there's some techniques can teach me how to fall on the ground not so hard on my brain. And that's his game plan. And Miami's like, all right, sounds good to us. We could try to protect you more or think of a system that gets the ball out quicker. But no, I like that. Let's put you in a let's put you in an octagon and get some Gracie to teach you how to uh how to get sacked better. That seems like that'll work out. Which is why my favorite play in the AFC East and the team I'm going to be trying to lock in on is New England. I don't think their difference between Miami and the Jets in New England is that much at all. I think all three of them are very similar. I think the Bills are better than all of them. Maybe not head and shoulders the way they used to be, but they're still, the Bills will win this division. Barring an injury to Josh Allen, the Bills are winning this division. The Jets are not going to win. Miami, 
I think Miami actually has more of a chance than the Jets. Uh, but the Patriots, I think, have great value. The Patriots are 8-1 to in the win division. That I don't think they're going to do. But they're plus 220 to make the playoffs. And my favorite play there, they are plus 475 to come in second place. Now, that's a bomb I like. I want to give that out. New England to come in second place in the AFC East, plus 475. You're basically betting a three-team race between them, Miami, and the Jets. Now, why do I like New England? Well, of course, you got Belichick, who everyone hates, and everyone thinks he's a joke because Brent Brady left. That's not true. He would do. Th- he does things intentionally to make him to give him, put himself in a worse situation. Having Matt Patricia call plays last year was hilarious and a disaster. Obviously never called plays before. And it looked like it. I don't understand what fucking photos Matt Patricia has of these people for him to keep getting these jobs, but he was, he was brutal and that's why their offense was brutal. So that being said with him gone, I think this offense can be decent. I mean, I I trust, I trust Belichick and new England more than I trust the rapper logic who coaches Miami. And Robert Sally, who loves doing dumb fucking animal National Geographic comparisons. Every football coach, I shouldn't say that's just Robert Sally, but like first episode of Hard Knocks, they love it. They love the the animal metaphors. I was watching uh, National Geographic, man, and the hawk attacks the eagle. And first of all, what? He made up. He made up this story about these hawks attacking eagles. Did you know a, a crow or a crow? A crow is the only bird that'll attack an eagle. That's not true. But okay, let's hear it. Is there a video of this? No, I didn't bring the video in. But anyway, then the eagle will fly high till the crow suffocates, and then they fall down. What? There's no way that's true. I see crows. They hang out on wires, like on a phone wire. They don't go up to the mountains with fucking eagles. Yeah, I just thought I'd make it up. Also, I saw a documentary where this bear does all the cocaine in the woods. So when we play the bears, make sure you hide your cocaine. Don't put it in the woods. Yeah, I think that was a movie, coach. Anyway, um, so let's go into some of the <laughs> some of the bobs I like this. So, so also, here's the thing with Buffalo, too. So I want to give out Let's see. Wait, I gave out New England plus 475 coming in second place. Buffalo will probably win the division at plus 120. I'll give that out as a bomb. But if you want to lay the juice, minus 250 to make the playoffs, you got to lock that. You got to lock that up. I mean, if you want to lay that juice, I don't see how that misses. How the, the Bills are not, barring an injury, the Bills are not missing the playoffs. People are way too low on the Bills. Why? Because Stefan Diggs. Complained and said, and you know, yelled at Josh. That's what Stefan Diggs does. He's not happy. Then when he plays, fine. That's what happens. Um, let's go over the over on total wins. So we got that. There's two ones. I don't want to play any of those. Let's do, uh, there's also some alt. Jets plus 340 to come in last place is also a good bomb. Hit that one too. So over under Buffalo 10 and a half, Miami 9 and a half, New England 7, Jets 7. So I like New England over 7 wins, minus 130. That's a good bomb. 
The only way that loses is if they were six wins. And you can do alt. I also like the alt win and loss. Now, when I go over the alt totals, like let's say, let's say, so the Bills are 10 and a half regular over under. The alt totals are eight and a half, 12 and a half, meaning you can go under eight and a half for plus 300, or you can go over 12 and a half for plus 230. You could also do it the other way and lay heavy juice, but why would you want to do that? I wouldn't want to do that. What are you looking at all totals? You want to look for doable numbers that are at plus money. And when I see that, I only see a couple. I see you want to play against the hype with Jets. See, they're in nine and a half. And you get plus money under that, minus one, plus 130. Now, I believe in Aaron Rodgers this year. I'm not saying I don't. A, a motivated Aaron Rodgers, and he's scorned for some reason. He's, he's He thinks he was wronged. He was not. But he thinks he is. So he'll be good for a while. And then, But that O-line is going to break down on him. Michi Hall, Brees Hall, Michi Hall, Brees Hall's a comic. Brees Hall's a running back who's coming back from an ACL injury. Um, it's going to, you know, hopefully help him out, but I don't know if it will. You know, what the X factor is in this AFC in this AFC East is Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook. Let me get into some of these bombs. He's at 50 to 1. He doesn't have a job right now, Dalvin Cook, but he's going to sign, obviously. These running backs, him and Ezekiel Elliott, they just don't want to do the training camp. So you'd, he's either going to go to the Jets or he's going to Buffalo, Dalvin Cook, where his brother, James Cook, is there. And if he goes to one of those two teams, 50 to 1 offensive player of the year for Dalvin Cook, that's a pretty good, that's a pretty good ticket you want to have. So let me bomb that. So I also like New England over nine and a half at plus three twenty-five, and Jets under seven and a half at plus two fifty. A few comments. Tom Moore says, uh, "Why does John? Why? Hopefully, John Tesh is not collecting royalties on this show. Now, John Tesh doesn't need my royalties. He wouldn't know. He's a drunk. John John Tesh is Hasselhoff done right." He's a clean drunk. He wears a nice silk vest, you know? <laughs> I saw John Tesh once at the Sebastian Maniscalco show. We were backstage, and he was there. He was VIP. And, um, I know. Anthony Goody's, uh, he, he, had, he had his silk vest on, like he was going to uh, an Italian wedding or something in the, in the 90s with his cavalry cheese. Why does Patricia wear a pencil behind his ear with a laminated play sheet in his hand, too? I know. It's not only that pencil, he's got that fucking huge, like, Dorney Park. But yeah, that's pretty funny. A pencil and a laminated sheet. The pencil's more for uh, the look and the balance. Remember Mike Tice, the Vikings' old coach? He would he would have that like Dorney Park novelty pencil, but it was huge. It was like a it was like a tree branch. Yeah, what are you writing in pencil? What are you writing a giant uh, miniature golf scorecard or something? And he would uh, Sean Cole, legendary. I'll have him on the show one time. He would do a Mike Tyson impression. His press conference was uh, Dante Culpepper, day to day, Jimmy Klein saucer, knee contusion. Anyway. Um, that is funny about Patricia. Patricia, that story just came out actually about Matt Patricia benching um, Malcolm Butler for the Eagles Super Bowl, the Patriots Eagles Super Bowl. Remember when that, that, that Super Bowl, 
The Eagles won with Nick Foles when there was like 100 points scored and there was no defense. And the only player that New England had on defense was Malcolm Butler and Patricia benched him. Patricia benched him, it turns out. You know, for doing acting up in practice or something, not hustling in practice. And all the players were like, why the fuck aren't you playing? And he goes, man, they're on their bullshit. And they all knew, oh, they're on their Patriot way bullshit. And then he went on to coach the Detroit Lions. It was an absolute debacle there. So now that Patricia's out of New England, I'm all in on these Patriots. They just had to get that out of there. So now let's go over some individual bombs. I gave, I gave out the Buffalo to win, Patriots second place. And while you're at it, why not a Bill Belichick coach of the year, 33-1? to 1? If New England does what I think they can do and win 10 games, they get to, if New England gets to the playoffs, he's in contention for coach of the year. Only because it's a narrative, it's writers like to do it. You know, they, they vote for the awards, and Belichick is always a narrative. As much as they hate him, they love him as a coach. And if he came back to say, okay, maybe Belichick is a good coach, because for a while now it's been all Tom Brady, he can't do shit with them. But I think that's how big the effect is of Patricia being gone. He's so bad that Belichick's going to remember how to coach again. So 33 to 1, why not? Um, I also want to get a Mac Jones comeback player of the year. I couldn't even find a number on him. But I think the effect on that, I mean, I imagine it's around 100 to 1. I'll buy that. So we've got Mac Jones comeback player of the year. That being said, comeback player of the year is a lock. It's going to be DeMar Hamlin. He's minus 400 now. He used to be plus money. But uh, if he steps foot on a field, he's winning comeback player of the year. We all know there's a couple of things you can do to come for to win comeback player of the year. You come back from an injury. That'll get you comeback player of the year. You could also come back from being flat out terrible. Like uh, Geno Smith last year. Like, what did he come back from? Uh, just from being awful. And, uh, you know, you're back to being a, a, a football player. So you're coming back from yourself, basically. Or you could do what DeMar Hamlin did and die. He died on the field. And he came back from that. He came back to life. So... If he gets on, I mean, they already had a crying, hugging moment on, at the ESPYs. As long as the Bills don't cut him, which would be hilarious if they did. Because he just, it's hard to add. That heart is bad. You know, we don't like players with injuries, so. But he's going to come back. He's coming back quicker. Somebody had a funny tweet. He's came, he came back quicker than fucking Michael Thomas did for the Saints, and he died. This guy died. He's winning comeback player of the year. So you're, you're wasting your money if you're throwing it on someone else. If DeMar Hamlin plays at all, he's winning comeback player of the year. But just in case he does, just in case he does get cut, not a bad, not a bad sprinkle at Mac Jones. Um, I gave out Dalvin Cook. I also like, as far as the Jets go, and I'm, like, I'm not too low on the Jets. And I do think Aaron Rodgers will be low. I, think, I like Garrett Wilson. 28 to 1. I don't know if that's high enough for offensive player of the year. Offensive player of the year is different than MVP. MVP is going to a quarterback. That, that's always a quarterback, no matter what. Offensive player of the year, though, they'll get, like Justin Jefferson, they'll give it to they'll give it to a positional player. So that's where you can get somebody. Um <laughs> I know. They they Gutierrez, you're right. 
if Hamlin played in this preseason, they're already hyped it up. It's he's he's winning. He's locking it up. Oh, Zeke just signed breaking news. Let me do that. Thank you, JC from KC. Do that again. Breaking news. Zeke Elliott just signed with New England. I'm you know what? I'm not even confirm my source. I'm going with JC from KC. You're my source on that. <laughs> well, then, you know what? Even better. If Dalvin Cook goes to Buffalo, even better. With the, the Cook boys, you get them going to package. Actually, no, Dalvin Cook wasn't going to go to New England. He was going to go to the Jet, Jets or Buffalo. That's what I said. He's playing footsie with the Jets. I bet Dalvin Cook goes to the Jets. Zeke Elliott to uh, New England. I, that does nothing. Although I can see Belichick love him. He's a he's a goal line. He's a goal line back. Never recovered. Zeke Elliott. Oh man, I'm really I'm just, I'm going very long now. Lizzo to the Big Ten says Todd Morris. <laughs> Uh, I don't even know what that means. Oh, the big time, of course. Um, all right, so Garrett Wilson, 28 to 1. I'll give that as a player of the year. And defensive player of the year, Sauce Gardner's 14 to 1. Jets have two. And I'd rather take Quinn and Williams at 25 to 1. Let me, let me, let me give that out a bomb. Sauce Gardner, and I love Sauce Gardner. And, and I can see that I can see why he might win it because the media loves it's a media award, but. And immediately love Sauce Gardner, but he is a New York creation. He's good, but he's not as good as the hype is around him. Although I do like that chain he got, the sauce chain from Al the jeweler, which dripping diamonds. All right. Anyway, that's the AFC East wrap up. I gave out uh, Belichick coach of the year, 33 to one new England to come in second place, a plus four seventy five over their seven wins, minus one thirty over nine and a half plus three twenty five alternative wins Buffalo to win the division plus one twenty make the playoffs minus two fifty. I like that. Oh, also here's a fun prop Buffalo to start out five and zero plus 600. Now, if you listen to the last one, I gave out Jacksonville to start out five and zero plus 1200. So hopefully and Jacksonville and Buffalo play each other week five. So that's what, I'm, that's what my dream is there, that they meet each other 4-0 in London, and then I'm free rolling a plus 600 and a plus 1,200. So let's bomb that. They start off with the Jets, and once they beat the Jets, they're fine. They got Vegas at home, at Washington, and Miami at home. They'll, they'll be, if they beat the Jets in that opener, they'll be 4-0 heading to London. So you'll be free rolling that. And then I like you know, even though I think Jacksonville might win that game, but if we have them with there, that's something interesting. Anyway, all right. Let me do a quick Women's Lady World Cup, and then we'll do Man in the Box. Speaking of um, free rolling plays, uh, if you listen to the preview of the world cup the late the lady world cup soccer game that's here in the box i uh, gave out australia we have a future on them at plus 950 to ship it and they are now in the final four it is australia versus england and then sweden versus spain those are the final four lady teams left the lady final four uh so 
Real quick, I'll just give out a couple couple bomb plays to play if you want to play them in the middle of the night. If you're on cocaine and you're watching the sport at 3 a.m., that's when it's going to happen. Uh, this is what I like. Both of them I like to draw, by the way. Speaking of plus money, one's plus 222 to draw, the other's plus 210 to draw. Boom, both to draw. Uh, I will not take a side in Australia, England, and nor will I hedge because hedging is for gardeners. I will root for Australia. Hopefully we can get that future in a 10 to 1. Uh, but I do like the under. Australia and England under two. England's defense has been great. Australia's defense, Australia gave up, is giving up three goals the entire tournament, and that was in the first game when they lost three to two to Nigeria. Ever since then, it's been clean sheets abound. Um, and England's defense has been just as good. They've given up like one or two goals. So minus two, I mean, under two, it's a little juice to minus 118. Australia, England, bomb that. The other game, Sweden versus Spain. Um, like I said, I like the draws on both these games. This is tough. Spain's been really good, but normally they're not. Normally they choke. So get Sweden, who I think Sweden's been a powerhouse. The lady Swedes, the lady socialists. That's my favorite thing, too, when the right root against the American team because they hate fucking women. Um. <laughs> They're like they're rooting for other countries. They're rooting for Sweden, who's socialist. Anyway, doesn't matter. Uh, but we're gonna take Sweden to advance plus one fifty. Bomb that. So that is the Lady World Cup plays under two. Sweden to advance, and if you want to sprinkle in the draws at plus two twenty and plus two ten, I wouldn't mind doing that it's either. With that being said, oh man, the show's getting late. Let's get to the box. Yes, welcome to The Box, JC from KC. Thank you, everybody who joined me here. I'm going to plug in. I'm going to plug in the phone for this one. I got a, uh, I might have to do an audio cue. A couple things I wanted to talk about The Box. I wanted to talk about the Johnny Menzel thing <sighs> and tie that up with Jim Harbaugh. Maybe I'll just wait uh, for Wednesday's show for that. Make sure you t come back to me Wednesday, 1 o'clock Pacific, live again. I'll be doing another divisional preview. And yeah, you know what? I'll save Johnny Menzel and uh, other. Go ahead and watch that Johnny football thing on Netflix. It's great. He's great. He's just fucking great. What I realized when I was watching it, like, and he's a mess. I remember when it happened, I was like, I don't even think he's doing anything wrong. You know, he hasn't really done that many things bad as far as drinking wise. Then I realized yeah, that's because I had a problem. <laughs> that was my addiction seeking. I don't see what that means. He's showing up to practice, right? Yeah, no, he had a problem. Anyway, I'll get more into details about that the next show. But I want to talk about this fucking song that everyone's talking about. There was the plain lady that's crazy, and now there's this uh, this song, the rich men north of Richmond, the number one country protest song that everyone's talking about. That of course is political. Everything's got to be political. So there's a song that the right loves and then the left hates. Although they act like it's right-wing propaganda. As Brian Petrovka says, who was in the comment box, he's like, someone has like 100 million views and it's right-wing hysteria. Like, what? Well, I think a lot of people like it. Anyway, there's a song 
out there. It's a there's a video. You've seen this guy. He's got a fake red beard. He's out in the woods, this farmer. It's a protest song about not getting paid for overtime or something, which is fine. And it's got a you know, good song. And it, but uh, is, the problem with this thing is it's not the song. It's the fans. Like Dave Matthews Band and Jesus Christ, it's not them. It's their fans that kind of make it a little, little uneasy. We have Ben Shapiro retweeting shit like, oh, this is the, we're moved by this, the song of the summer. It's weird. It's a protest song, which is great. You can get behind that. A little Johnny Paycheck, take this job and shove it. It's almost that. But then he, but then he starts going into like, like Fox News, like talking points, which, you know, he sprinkles that in there and that'll get you publicity. And I get it. And that's what he's got. He's got a huge, massive hit. I mean, good for him. So I kind of respect that. But also, it's it's also weird. Let me play a little bit. With an old soul. I'm an old soul. It's called the, the Richmond North of Richmond. If you don't know, that means uh, politicians in D.C. People like you wish I could just wake up. And it not be true, but it is. Got a good voice. Living in the new world. Living in this new world. With an old soul. First of all, I hate people who claim to have an old soul. I'll say I'll say that right off the bat. I'm just an old soul. I got an old soul in my shoe, too. That's why I have plantar fasciitis. The fuck you're an old soul. Oh, I'm just an old soul. Miss the times when you had to put ether in your car and go down a cobble road. I'm an old soul. I wish, I wish, uh, I wish you had to lift a piano up three stories outside by a rope and blocks of ice. <laughs> B. Petrovka says, "Is it always the new world? Yeah. What is it? The new, when are you in the old world?" You're always living in the new world. These rich men, north of Richmond, Lord knows they all just want to have total control. All right, that's fine. Everyone can get together with politicians suck. We, we get that. I like that. Want to know what you think. Want to know what you do. And they don't think you know. But I know that you do. Because your dollar ain't shit. And it's taxed to no end. Mm. So right there, I'm with you. Your dollar ain't shit. They tax you. You know? The, the politicians want to know what you're thinking. Well, so so does every database and tech company. But anyway. Um, <laughs> I like that, too. Round Ball Rock is a real song of the summer. It sure is here in the bottom line bombs. So right, so right there, I'm with him. Fine. This is like a classic Johnny Paycheck, you know, take this job and shove it. We're working for fucking nothing. And then he just starts sprinkling in things. This gets a little weird. Playing that banjo out in the, in the woods. There's politicians look out for miners, and not just miners on an island somewhere. What? I wish politicians would look out for miners, coal miners, okay. Not just miners on an island somewhere. Little Jeffrey Epstein zinger. So do you not want them to uh, 
do you not want them to uh, go after the pedophile? I don't get it. I wish I didn't pay attention to that. You wish that you let that go, let that sl- let that slide. I'm not even sure. All right. Lord, we got folks in the street, ain't got nothing to eat, and the whole beast milking welfare. <laughs> oh boy, you, you started off good. We got folks in the street with nothing to eat. You're right. That's a problem. Hunger in the streets. Then folks are milking welfare. God, if you're five foot three and you're 300 pounds, taxes ought not to pay for your bags of fudge rounds. Young men are putting themselves six feet in the ground because all this damn country does is keep on kicking them down. <laughs> All right, folks, <laughs> folks in the street, guys, but obese people are taking advantage of the welfare. If you're if you're five three and three hundred pounds, you shouldn't get chocolate rounds. What is he he's complaining about? People eating chocolate. What the fuck happened to your tax dollar? Uh, because my tax dollars are going to people eating fudge rounds and getting pushed six feet to the ground. And by the way, Oliver Anthony, I mean you're. Looks like you've had a few fudge rounds yourself. I'm not saying, I'm not saying nothing as a man myself, but I mean, come on. But I love how they think that's the fucking problem. People eating chocolate off food stamps. What? That's such a fucking talking point to get people riled up because that's what they think. They're, that that's not that's not how we solve people hungry in the streets. Is getting. Healthier food on food stamps. I mean, I can't even get it done. Anyway. Lord, it's a damn shame. Lord. What the world's gotten to for people like me. In this video, it's an obvious studio set up. These aren't ring lights. These are an actual produced studio. There's two different dogs out there. Get one dog for the left, one to get one for the libs, one for the tards. (laughs) Chocolate rounds. Oh, man. This is hilarious. I know. Well, Hillbilly Bono, says B. Petrovka. Todd Morris misses days of Hasselhoff singing about the Berlin Wall. I know, with a blinking jacket. I did that for COVID. If you look up C.J. Sullivan Chauvin, that was episode three, by the way. Um, anyway, so this uh, song this, <laughs> So he was almost there, is my point. And good for him. Get your money, whatever you got to do. It was almost a song people could rally behind. Johnny Paycheck, by the way, would slap this pussy in the face with his dyed beard. There's a perfectly dyed red beard he has out there. And I have nothing against this guy. (laughs) As I say, Bobby, come on. I love Johnny Paycheck. And this is all. This is all just an excuse for me to talk about Johnny Paycheck, <laughs> who was the best. And when his whole band said the worst thing you can do is give a hillbilly money, because he would just do fucking blow nonstop. Take this job and shove it, and take this blow and snort it. He was a fucking motherfucker. He would be on the front lines. They they threw him out there. They tried to when the coal miners were. Uh, Picketing, they tried to tell him to calm. Like they, they, they hired the companies hired him to try to calm him down. Like he was gonna, like he was gonna side with the companies. 
<laughs> and paychecks just went out there and got fucking hammered and said, let's fuck these corporations up. Anyway, that's going to be my song. My song of the summer. That's a, it's better than a Jason Aldean song. I'll, I'll give it that. The Jason Aldean song, Dog Whistles and All, is a horrible song. At least this has got a tune and this guy's singing with some passion and he's got a good voice and all that. If you're if you like that genre of music, I can see people don't like that genre of music. But at least it's a you could tell like all right, I, I I can see what people get from it. The Jason Aldean song is just fucking garbage. Now I'm gonna fair it up. This is a good song. I'm the man in the box. Whoops, hold on, hold on. Which, which one did I turn down? Hold on, my microphone. Hello, hello, hello. Hello? I can't. My mic's not even fucking working. Oh, well. Anyway, I'm just going to have to do it. 